1: This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. The Missouri House of Representatives just spent much of the session's opening day debating the dress code for female legislators. As for the men's dress code, that wasn't discussed. A new dress code eventually was approved over the vociferous objections of Democrats who wondered why this issue was at the top of the GOP agenda when so many other issues are pressing. Joining us on a talk about this new dress code is Representative Ashley Ani. She's a Democrat from Kansas City and represents Platt County in the legislature. Representative, it's nice to have you on the the phone. Uh, Thanks for taking some time.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I appreciate it.
1: And for our listeners, uh, they may have some views on this issue. Our number here, 816-235-2888, or you can tweet us at KCURUpToDate. Representative Vani, how do you feel about these new rules, especially because they only apply to women lawmakers?
0: Yeah, I, you know, it. I'm frustrated by it. Uh, You know, I I was really hoping that we could start the session off on um, a little bit more of a positive note. Uh, You know, Democrats had a a lot of other priorities that we wanted to talk about. So um, being forced to discuss what we wore as a second layer of clothing in the chamber as required um, just felt so arbitrary when Missourians are facing so many serious challenges.
1: So why was this issue one coming out of the gate?
0: I wish I knew. Uh, you know, it it strikes a lot of people as uh, frustrating. I think, because, you know, coming off of a year where uh, women in Missouri lost a uh, right to choose how and, and when we start a family, um, we are being further restricted as lawmakers in the chamber where we make these laws um, based on somebody else's idea of, I guess, what professional dress code um, should be when we've always been required to have a second layer. You know, there's I've never looked across uh, the chamber and seen a woman wearing overalls, for instance, which happened. In the Missouri State Senate last year. Hmm. Um, You know, so it's just um, it's just frustrating.
1: So what do these rules do? And I should point out to our listeners that we tried to get the Republican sponsor of this uh, proposal on the show and she declined to appear. So what do these new rules dictate here?
0: Right. So the previous rule just basically stated that uh, women were required to wear a second layer um, of professional dress. Um, And that was interpreted by most folks in the chamber to be uh, either a blazer or um, a cardigan, uh, something like that, maybe a a sleeveless vest, or uh, sometimes folks would wear uh, a cape or a shawl. Um, And it seems to me that the... uh, amendment maker really wanted to uh, make sure that that second layer was specifically a blazer. Hmm. Uh, and that was, I think, the the strange part to me is why dictate what that second layer is? Even the Missouri uh, State Senate, the women in the chamber do not have to wear a second layer. And you know what? They're making laws just the same over there.
1: Hmm. I mean, some might argue that, hey, men have to wear blazers. Why shouldn't women?
0: Absolutely. And you know what? That's fair. And that was already the rule. So why did we have to go in and further restrict um, what it what it was? Especially when you know there are a, a lot of reasons that um, women may not be able to wear a blazer, whether it's cost, whether it's size, uh, whether she's. Pregnant, for instance, blazers don't fit women who are eight months pregnant, uh, and you know it, it's it's important to remember that there are plenty of women of childbearing age in that chamber.
1: Did you know this issue was on the way to the floor before it actually got there, Representative?
0: I did. In fact, uh, you know, as with uh, most uh, lawmaking, uh, where the sausage is made is often behind closed doors. And so uh, our caucus had been negotiating with the majority caucus uh, for about a week before uh, we had that debate on the floor. And uh, we told them point blank that this was not a conversation we wanted to have in public. We didn't want to talk about the fact that uh, Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Sarris Institute. We have members who um, either, you know, aren't comfortable wearing um, this very specific second layer that was being asked of us, or, you know, whatever the reason is— It's personal and and fashion and what we dress, uh, how we dress is is personal and uh, we didn't want to have that conversation. Um, We tried to not have that conversation because, again, we wanted to talk about so many other things we had. Uh, we offered uh, ten amendments that day, and um, this is the only one that we talked about. And all of our amendments were voted down immediately hmm. with no discussion.
1: Well, did so Republicans knew that Democrats were going to raise strenuous objections to this uh, this added layer? It, it, no question about that, right?
0: That's my understanding. Absolutely, yeah,
1: yeah. So, what was the atmosphere like in the House when this bill was being voted on?
0: It was. It was it was interesting. Uh, there were a lot of a, a handful of us on on the uh, in the super minority. Um, we were uh, pretty frustrated by it, as I as I stated, and and we were fighting back against it, uh, talking amongst ourselves. Um, it was interesting, though. It, it was one of the few times in that chamber where most of the men in the room were really trying to avoid the topic entirely. <laughs> they did not want to have to weigh in on what women wore in that chamber. Um, the amendment was offered by a woman, and the amendment to the amendment was offered by a woman. Um, the amendment to the amendment was offered by Representative Brenda Shields, um, who uh, came in with a fix that just specified and clarified that, yes, cardigans were allowed to be worn, just as well as blazers. Um, and that seemed to be a, a good good enough compromise for the body.
1: So did any men end up speaking, uh, Representative, that you recall?
0: Yes. Yeah. Peter Meredith uh, from St. Louis, he, he, he spoke a little bit. And, you know, he He's a voice in that chamber. Um, he's often a voice of dissension. He's he's one mm-hmm. of the loudest uh, voices sure. in our super minority. And um, you know, it, I'm always grateful to have to have his his voice in there. Uh, just because this is an issue that only affects women doesn't necessarily mean that uh, a man in the room can't. You know. Comment on how ridiculous the conversation
1: is. You know, this isn't necessarily a partisan comment, but it's just surprising to me that Republicans wanted to have this conversation so early in the 2023 session, knowing that it surely would cause the kinds of fireworks that it's caused.
0: You know, I, I agree. I'm not sure if the amendment maker just wanted um, to, to have some time on the floor uh, or, or what the real reason behind this was. Um, but, you know, I, I think that common sense would would probably um, tell most of us that it, it's a topic to be avoided and, and we could have maybe uh, avoided this entire thing. We'll be right back.
1: Representative Ani, I'm wondering what some of the other issues were that you felt deserved more
0: attention early on. You know, there were so many. Um, Some of the biggest issues were, you know, we offered rules changes to make the committee process more accessible uh, for Missourians, uh, especially Missourians with disabilities. Um, You know, this is an old building and it's not ADA compliant necessarily in all of the ways. Um, And we have members uh you know on both sides of the aisle who have mobility issues um or have at one point uh and you know they're always looking for ways to make sure that this building is is more accessible to folks who um who don't have a, an, as easy a go of it as as some of us do so that was one of the ways um we were, were one of the amendments we offered um we were also hoping to ensure that missourians could testify before out of state uh, out of state stakeholders and committee hearings um which again, seems pretty simple. uh, But um, that was voted down as well. Um, You know, we wanted to ensure virtual testimony was allowed, you know, all of these things that makes the people's house more accessible Mm -hmm. to the people. uh, You know, they were all voted down immediately. um, And instead, we we thought about dress code.
1: I can't help but wonder what your constituents were saying to you about this dress code thing. Did you get much feedback about it?
0: Oh man, I got feedback from not just my constituents but folks from across the country really? uh, and unfortunately I um you know the, this really blew up. I, I was interviewed on CNN and MSNBC and that really sparked a lot of uh uh national um feedback but people were, were really frustrated. Um, you know, of course, I had a few people um, and it's not lost on me that they were all men who, who messaged me from across the country saying really? that I should just shut up and work. Yeah. Okay. Um, but most of it was really positive. Most of it was really supportive and just saying, this is ridiculous. You know, women in Missouri are are just really under scrutiny for so many reasons right now. Why the dress code too? Why are they trying to exert even more control over women? Um, and, and that was a... That was that really, um, I think, sparked frustration among a lot of people. To, and, to and be clear,
1: I gather you heard from women as well, representative.
0: Absolutely, most mostly I heard from women. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. To clarify, uh, most of the support I got, um, and and you know, I got voicemails, I got emails, I got tweets, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of support.
1: Uh, how surprised were you then by the the ultimate outcome here of this issue?
0: You know, I, honestly, not surprised, because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I think that what people see are the fireworks. But at the end of the day, what we do here is we come together to compromise. Uh, I represent a really 50-50 district. So all I do all day long in this building is compromise and, and really keep an eye on what my constituents from both sides of the aisle want, what my community needs, what the state of Missouri needs. Um, and. And and that's what it's about. We come together, we sit across a table from one another and we hash it out. Um and that is really ultimately what happened. We we came up with a compromise. Um I'm just really bummed, <laughs> truly, that uh, it had to it had to take the path it did to get there.
1: It has it blown over now?
0: I think it has for the most part. Uh, you know, of course we, you know, I, I was in a committee hearing yesterday where a witness mentioned it um to us uh about how, you know. Uh, they felt like they needed to cover their shoulders or, or something like that, you know, so it is a bit of a running joke around here. Hmm. Although I think that it may be more, uh, maybe a little bit funnier to folks on my side of the aisle. I, I, I'm not sure how folks on the other side of the aisle are feeling about it. You
1: no, know, representative Annie, Why have you here on the line? I'm curious about a couple of issues that are before, uh, lawmakers this session, so much attention, at least in the media about governor Parsons interest in expanding parts of I-70 across the state. Uh, what do you make of that idea? Obviously, it would impact the Kansas City area here. Where's that going? What's your sense of w- where that legislation is headed?
0: You know, I'm I'm not going to speak to uh, any predictions because I don't sit on the budget committee. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's really where these appropriations funnel through. Um, and they're just getting started this year with their work. So uh, what I will say is that I'm thrilled to see that Governor Parson is really looking at ways to invest in our state, Um, whether it's our transportation infrastructure or dollars going to childcare or uh, technology investments. um, This budget is something that House Democrats uh, specifically are honestly really excited about. And, um, you know, what we heard in the state of the state was a lot of our our own priorities um, repeated back to us with uh, promises of, of funding. And that was really exciting to us. And we're excited to, to work through the budget process and work with the governor's office to uh, make sure some of these priorities get through.
1: As you talk to your colleagues on both sides of the aisle, how much interest is there in addressing I-70 this this session?
0: You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think that um, y- there has been a little bit of uh, over the last couple of years uh, frustration from some folks on the far right over how MoDOT has spent um, some of the money that they've uh, received from mm. the gas tax increase. Um, we have we now have a transportation accountability committee in the house, um, that I believe is going to be kind of just looking at, um, what's going on with, um, transportation infrastructure as well as MoDOT. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, the, what that bears out is just, you know, a better understanding of why it's so important that we pay our state workers, uh, what they're worth, um, a competitive wage, um, because, you know, the, the frustration really was about that Modot was spending um some of these dollars on right. um on salaries. And and you know, man these folks work so hard, uh, and we we owe it to them to pay them a, a living wage, uh, a wage that they can thrive on, and one that is competitive so we can keep the best workers here in Missouri.
1: Representative, you mentioned child care, and I'm just struck by the level of bipartisanship uh, behind that bill, behind that idea that Governor Parson proposed. It's been kicking around the state house for a while now. I gather we, sh- we should expect something on expanding access to child care across the state.
0: I certainly hope so. You know, we've talked a lot about uh, the labor shortage in the last couple of years and and the effects of COVID. And man, uh, we can all see it in our communities. One of the biggest effects is that uh, more women are are staying home, more parents are are forced to choose who who stays at work and who stays home with kids uh, because childcare is either just non-existent or too expensive. And, um, you know, families really, really need a break. And frankly, businesses need a break as well. They, they want uh, they want workers, they want folks coming in and applying for jobs and and able to work uh, five days a week or whatever the job requires. and um, you know, child care is such an important component to that. Uh, And I'm really, really grateful that the legislature is uh, looking towards uh, making some big moves there.
1: Well, we just had a caller who uh, dialed in to say that all this talk uh, with the legislature and dress codes is ridiculous. Uh, She said dress codes might make sense for school children, but these are, after all, grown adults. I gather, Representative Ani, that you would feel the same way.
0: You know i do feel the same way to to an extent i I appreciate that you know we are a professional body and that should be uh that should include professional dress um but yeah i think that uh micromanaging what women wear uh in the legislature is absolutely ridiculous i couldn't agree more with that
1: well that's representative ashley ani again a democrat from kansas city she represents platte county in the general assembly and representative uh, sure appreciate your time today thanks so much
0: Thank you for having me
1: on. Up to date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.